Welcome to A Wild New Work, Ecological Guidance for Your Career. This podcast is about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, and it's all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm your host, Megan Leatherman. Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome. It's been a long summer break for this podcast, longer than I anticipated. Um, Back when I left you in June, I thought I would just be uh, taking a one-month break, which has now turned into a two-and-a-half-month break, and I'll share more about why that's the case in a few minutes. But um, I'm excited to be back with you. It feels really good to be in this space and sharing with you in this way. I'm so thrilled to be in Virgo season now um, and sort of on the precipice of fall at the end of summer. Um, today is looking like it will be the last hot day in Portland, and I uh, couldn't be more glad. (laughs) So um, even though we've had a really mild summer, it's been a tough one for me, very uh, just kind of, it, it sort of felt like I was in a washing machine, like things were just sort of hard to pin down, there wasn't a lot of clarity in terms of, you know, what I, the big things that I know want to come through this year, and I think it's been sort of a waiting period. And that has been hard. I think a lot of us are uncomfortable when things are sort of unknown or unclear. um, And I'm still learning how to work with that kind of energy. So the transition into this more kind of focused, more practical time of year and season has been really welcome. And I hope that however the summer has been for you, that it's been, um, you know, nourishing and that you're managing the transition from summer to fall. I know for a lot of people, there's a sadness and a grieving um, with the end of this season and the days getting darker and the weather getting colder and this more kind of internal orientation. Um, So if that's true for you, I hope you're taking good care and celebrating the joys that you've had this summer and the the light while it's still here and um, just taking good care. So In this episode today, I want to share some ways that you can make the most of this time, however you're feeling about the transition into fall, um, and how to really use it to make room, both personally and professionally, for a really rich, beneficial autumn, which begins officially on September 23rd. So that's what I'll be sharing today. Before I dive in, I want to share uh, just three announcements. One is that, um, as some of you know already, I co-founded something called A Wild New School with my friend Megan Miller, and uh, we ran our first course this summer, and it was really lovely. Uh, We got great reviews from our students, um, and we're really excited to offer a seasonal course again. And so our eight-week autumn course called Begin Again starts on September 30th and runs until uh, late November. And uh, this course, Begin Again, is different from the summer course in a few significant ways. One, it's all completely new material and tailored to the autumn season. So it will focus on the themes of the season, what nature is doing, the astrological energies present in the fall. So we'll look at Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius, um, the moon cycles, and then, you know, one of the big thresholds we cross, which is at Samhain or Halloween. Um, So the course is full and rich, and it's really going to give you a good sense of what autumn has to offer both, you know, on a literal level in terms of, you know, what 
what foods are there to eat? What herbs are there? Like what is the natural world offering us at this time? But also on a spiritual level, you know, how can we um, celebrate what's ready to harvest in our lives? How can we look at what's ready to be composted and let that go? You know, what leaves are turning on our trees and dropping away? How can we prepare and ready ourselves for a winter where we're nourished and we have enough, we've stocked up enough to kind of see us through that season. So um, I'm really excited. And the course is also different in that it's not just focused on career development anymore. Um, We found that in the summer course, just by focusing on the cycles of nature and the moon and kind of what the natural world has to tell us, um, it became so much bigger than just career. And so um, the course is really for anyone who just wants to learn to live in better alignment with nature, and it will help you no matter what area of your life is feeling sticky or like it needs more nourishment, whether it's career, um, significant relationships, your living environment, um, your spiritual development, your personal health. Um, so I'm excited to open it up and be more flexible in that way. So um If you're interested in learning about the season and really embodying its wisdom, then I think this course could be a great fit. And you can read the whole description and the curriculum and check out the payment plans we've got available. There's a lot of information on the website that I'll put in the show notes, or you can just visit awildnewwork.com. And I hope some of you will join us for that. Um, The second announcement I have is just that we've got a shop up on awildnewwork.com. So there you'll find um, a free mini workbook on Virgo season in case you'd like to work with this energy, this zodiac sign more intentionally. Um, It's also a great preview of our course materials. It's material we put together from the summer course. Um, And so you can kind of see the flavor of what we're offering. Um, You would also find on the shop a new holistic strengths assessment that we designed this summer, uh, which is like a a lengthy six exercise um, assessment that you can work through to find out, you know, what your top three strengths are and then consider how you can embody them uh, at a greater level in your career. And there are some other goodies on there too. So you can check all of that out at awildnewwork.com slash shop. Um, And finally, I just want to share more about the summer break and why it became so long. And that is because early this summer, I found out I was pregnant with our second baby, um, which is happy news. Uh, it's what I wanted, uh, but it has also come with some really horrible nausea, exhaustion, and with that, some depression. Um, I don't, you know, uh, in our culture, we don't talk about the first trimester a lot because there's still this fear of miscarriage and the stigma around it. So many of us wait until 12 weeks to say anything, um, which makes sense, I suppose, for each person. And um, I think it sort of hides the struggles of the first trimester, which can often, for me, is often the, has been the toughest part of the pregnancy. So um, I really had to just focus on taking care of myself this summer and, you know, staying committed to the students in a wild new school. And I just didn't have any leftover energy for the podcast. So, um, 
I'm at the end of the nausea now, at the end of the first trimester, and um, I feel really hopeful that Virgo season and the fall and the second trimester will give me more energy and they already have. So I'm excited to be back with you more consistently until, um, until baby number two arrives in March, and then we'll see what unfolds. So I wanted to share that, but I also want to just share that I know pregnancy announcements can feel alienating to those who either, you know, don't want children and feel pressured to have them or those who do want children and haven't been able to give birth or adopt them yet. Um, and of course, to those who have lost children, whether through miscarriage or stillbirth or otherwise. So I hope that my sharing this news hasn't caused you pain, but if it has, I, I also hope that you have sources of support in your life to be with you through that. And I just want to um, honor that and make room for it here. Um, I also hope that by sharing about my experience as a working mom um, of one so far, one toddler and another to come, that I can be a source of encouragement to other working moms who are trying to find their way through this life in a graceful way. So I know the topic of motherhood is complex, um, but I wanted to be open with you and share what's um, been going on for me and what what will go on. (laughs) Um, So with that, why don't I share our opening invocation? So wherever you are, go ahead and settle into your seat or into your body if you're standing or walking and take a deep breath with me. May this episode and each of us that are listening to it be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Chinook people, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. So before I dive into Virgo season and where I think we're headed into the fall, um, I just want to share some thoughts about where we've been this summer. Um, So from June 21st, the summer solstice until late July, um, we were in the sign of cancer, which is a water sign um, and related to our emotional internal life, to our ancestry. Um, And I think the early summer is really an invitation to become hydrated and, um, kind of assess and get, get oriented to the summer. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot happening at that time of year. There's, you know, the berries were ripe, blueberries and strawberries. Um, there's a lot of activity from the pollinators and a lot in bloom, but for me, and I think for many people, it was a very sort of inward looking time of reflection And then in late July, we opened up into Leo season, um, which is a fire sign ruled by the sun. So it's a lot, it's related to this kind of higher level of awareness or consciousness, right? If you think of like the light that the sun brings, we can see very clearly. Um, It's also about playing and just enjoying the abundance of the season, um, enjoying the warm days and, you know, sitting out late at night on your porch and enjoying the fruit and the flowers that are in bloom. Um, and so we've got all of this sort of playful heightened energy, and then we move into Virgo and the invitation there is really to take all of that 
open, playful energy of summer and kind of channel it into something that will serve us. Um, Virgo is symbolized by the virgin or the maiden or sometimes the priestess. It's an earth sign, um, often depicted by a young woman holding wheat. Um, and virgin in our culture means something very different than what it meant when this symbol was chosen for this sign. Um, where it comes from is the old, old goddess religions, actually, and the women who devoted themselves to tending to those religions, to those goddesses, to those temples, um, it really meant a woman who was whole unto herself, who was either free of the obligation to marry and have children or um, actually walked away from that. And so it's it's really about devotion and taking a posture of um, making room for the sacred and attending to the details that are required in our day-to-day lives that that give us that connection to something greater. So this time of year in the Northern Hemisphere, we're invited to do that, to actually tend to what is sacred in our lives, um, to create structures and routines that um, keep our inner flame and our inner connection to the divine going so that we can be supported as we harvest what's grown in our lives, as we compost what's no longer useful to us, and later as we prepare for the winter. So it's a really important time to be mindful of how we use our energy, how we relate to um, structure and structures that we've chosen, the ones we've not chosen, the ones that we do want to be a part of, the ones that we don't want to be a part of. Um, We all act in service of structures and belief systems, whether we know it or not. A lot of pressure is put on us as individuals to make changes and to... um, be well and be thriving when the truth is that we can create our own structures and routines, but to some extent, there's only so much we can do because we are also existing in these larger structures that um, we have less individual control over. So it's a both and. Um, Of course, I hope what I'll share today are a lot of ideas for how you can support yourself and your individual routines and structures and habits. But I can't deny that almost all of us, whether we work in exchange for money or not, we're all surviving within the structure of capitalism here, which is a system designed to extract natural resources and convert them into products to sell at a profit. And capitalism, which actually only came to the fore in Europe in the 16th and 17th centuries. It's not that old. It's not a given. It's not inevitable. Capitalism deems certain work valuable and other work worthless, right? So for example, in the United States, people who care for family members who are ill or, um, you know, new babies or family members who are disabled, those people aren't compensated they can't, they don't receive wages for that really valuable work because in this system, we don't deem that work economically productive. It doesn't in our system, and this is like completely backward, but it doesn't produce anything valuable is what the system says, which is why we don't compensate them for that work. But the work that you do to care for others or to heal your physical body or address ancestral trauma or be a better partner or parent in this system, it's invisible and it's uncompensated, but that doesn't mean that it's not work. 
that it's not completely valuable. Um, I mean, there's so much I could say about capitalism and the way it thrives on white supremacy and misogyny. And there's obviously a lot there that's um, beyond my scope of knowledge uh, and beyond the scope of this podcast, but um, I'll put a book in the, in the link to the show notes that I really loved called Caliban and the Witch. And I encourage you to check that out if this topic interests you. Um, Yeah. So with that said, I would like each of us today to redefine the word work, right? And do so in a way that subverts this oppressive capitalist system and reclaims the fact that much of what we do outside of our paid work is incredibly valuable, often even more valuable than what we do at our jobs, right? So Virgo and this time of early harvest are both about work, capital W, the hard work of tending to what matters, nourishing our bodies, you know, cutting the wheat from the field or picking the ripe stalks of corn. And our culture tells us that unless we're paid for something, it's not worth doing or it's not valuable, but that's a lie. In this system, of course, we all have to pay our bills and find ways to survive and and do okay, but we don't have to buy into the belief that the work we're paid for defines us or is the only thing making us valuable. We can also create our own systems and structures that support us in the ways that we need and that allow us to do the work, the big work that is necessary in our lives and that tends to what's really important. So no matter what your work big or small is for the season ahead. And no matter what you're paid to do or not paid to do, I encourage you to consider how you can create a really strong container for what's most important to you at this time and into the fall. And I mean this very practically, just like the ancient priestesses did, we have to first determine what it is that's sacred to us. And this doesn't have to be religious. It's simply a question of what are we devoted to? And I wonder how you relate to the word devotion, what that brings up for you. Um, Some of the definitions of devotion are profound dedication, consecration, earnest attachment. To be devoted to something is to make it sacred through our love and attention. To me, devotion is more readily felt in the body. If I think of being devoted and I think of myself as someone who's devoted Um, I feel that in my body more easily than concepts like perseverance or tenacity. And while those orientations can be helpful, they seem to me much more masculine and sort of, they require a lot more energy. Um, It's sort of like a big burst of being tenacious versus this kind of calm, slow, consistent devotion you know, to be devoted is to take committed action out of love. So it is often slower, it's steady, it trusts the natural ebbs and flows of life. One of the main roles of the Vestal Virgins in ancient Rome was to keep the goddess Vesta's fire lit at all times, not to reignite the flame or make it bigger, but just to tend to it, you know, to add a log here, to move a log there, to clear away ash that was building up. So it's this quieter sort of, um, oftentimes I think unseen devotion and work that we, that we bring to something that's sacred to us. And devotion requires discernment. One of the, 
um, like I said before, in the symbol of Virgo, it's often a young woman holding wheat. And if we think of the early harvest for those of us who have ancestors who farmed um, and farmed wheat, then there was this incredible amount of work related to separating the wheat from the chaff. So separating the hard shell around um, around the wheat that we actually needed to ground and use to make bread, um, that all had to be separated. And so there's this level of discernment, like what is useful, what can we eat and what will be nourishing to us and what is simply, you know, obstructing that or surrounding that, that we need to remove. So we can ask ourselves, what is truly deserving of our attention this time of year and what's not? A lot of us are stuck in these cycles of overwhelm because we live in a very attention grabbing culture, right? Attention is the new currency. It's what all of the companies around you want. They want your attention. Um, And because of that, and because of all of the environmental (laughs) uh, realities around us, many of us live in noisy urban environments. We've got air pollution. um, We've got a lot of extra stimuli around. So our nervous systems can be on overdrive and we can you know, when we get those attention grabbing sort of pings or something in our, in in our, uh, immediate vicinity needs our attention, our system can often go into overdrive and believe that every little need or every little problem is urgent. It's a crisis because we're already in that sort of, um, fight or flight crisis mode. So I don't want to act like everything is doomed and that we're all, you know, just going to, we can't be devoted or discerning to anything because of the culture that we live in. But we have to be really intentional, I think, because without the spaciousness that comes from discernment, we can't be devoted to the things in our lives that deeply feed us, like our inner healing or our relationship to the divine or our creativity, right? If you know you want to feel less overwhelmed and more empowered this autumn, I encourage you to start by discerning what is truly worthy of your attention each day and what can be let go of. Generally, in my experience, I found that most things on my phone can be let go of or severely limited. The need to please everyone in our lives can be let go of. The pressure to be perfect or be on and available all the time can be let go of. These are the things that suck a lot of our energy and attention out, but don't actually feed us or serve us in the end. What's really worthy of your attention are the things related to your true well-being, like healthy food, sleeping, loving relationships, um, the natural world where you evolved from, your own wisdom and your own sense of direction in your life. These are the things that are worthy of your attention all throughout the year, but especially this time of year as we head into the fall. A lot of us are addicted to attention grabbers that actually hurt us, right? Like social media or um, abusive bosses or workplace demands that we don't truly care about. Um, but discernment by by kind of honing our skill at discerning, uh, which just means being wise in terms of where our energy and focus goes, That will allow us to create the space to be devoted, to have a bountiful harvest, because it means you're attending to what's truly fruitful and nourishing to you. 
Imagine if you were in a field full of, you know, ripe squash and corn and all of, and wheat, all these rich kind of starchy foods that can serve you throughout the winter. Imagine you're in a field full of those things, but then over to your left are all these, you know, bright and shiny, like tiny little berries or little like fancy hybrid cucumbers or, you know, um, ground cherries, all these like little unique kind of glittery things. And what if you spent your entire harvest cultivating those and you ended up with say like one bucket full of these tiny little shiny fruits, but you let go to waste all of this corn and squash and wheat that are, would really get you through the winter. Um, that would be foolish, right? But many of us do that throughout our lives. We neglect the things that we know will actually feed us. And instead we are drawn into through, you know, addictive social media or screen time or old habits of wanting to please others or, um, ways that we interact with our families of origin. We're pulled in these directions that, um, might feel shiny or immediately gratifying, but that don't, don't help us in the long run. So, I think what it takes is an awareness of that. Um, and we can see, I think part of the reason that's so helpful with aligning with the natural world is that we can see that, you know, these crops are truly helpful and bountiful and we can embody them and choose to, you know, get outside and celebrate the bounty of this time of year and into the fall. Um, we can practice choosing what is worthy of our attention, you know, literally in our in our physical choices about what we eat or what we take in. And that will help us to spiritually and emotionally choose the things that are nourishing to us and discern and be wise about the fact that old patterns or ways of numbing our pain are not going to help us. Um, and it, this is all made easier if we know what we are truly devoted to. You know, what are you currently devoted to? What is getting your attention what would you like to be devoted to now and as we head into the fall? What do you tend to in your life? What do you want to tend to? If you imagined building a temple to what it is that you believe to be sacred, to, that you believe to be invaluable, you know, what would you worship there? probably not your job or your boss or your parents, these things that so often rule our lives and get so much of our attention and so much of our energy. A lot of us lose touch with what's sacred in our lives, and yet that's what truly feeds us. So in this late summertime, we have this invitation to make more space for the sacred, to make more space for mystery and the divine and the spiritual part of us that I think so often gets left behind, but that is inherent to every human being, no matter what you believe or what you make of it. If we do this, then we can feed our spiritual lives as well as our material lives. Every day can be a practice intending to what truly matters to us. It just might require some restructuring first. So once we've identified what's most deserving of our attention at this time, whether it's our spiritual well-being, our physical health, our relationships, our career, whatever is present, we can create routines that enable our devotion to that. And I can give you a personal example. Um, I really let go of my a lot of my good habits this summer because of how nauseous and tired I've been 
from the pregnancy. And, um, I don't feel guilt or shame about that, but I just noticed, you know, the cumulative effects of that, of losing my morning routine, of not exercising, of, um, you know, not eating well because nothing sounded good. And that was all fine because I had to do what I needed to, to survive, but that takes a toll eventually. And so that ran its course. And, you know, now I'm ready to get back into routines that are really going to support me because I know that I'm devoted to having regular contact with the divine, with my spiritual life, to making room for that in my life. I'm devoted to caring for my body and this little person that I'm growing inside my body, um, to not burning out, to getting into a place where I can, um, you know, make big decisions and make the moves that I know are right for me and my family. So I had clarity about what I was devoted to and what's most kind of present for me this season. Um, and then I had to create structure around it. So how were those things going to come through without my intention and without my action? Um, and so that meant for me, um, getting up early again for my morning meditation and journaling practice, creating a new work schedule that includes time for exercise and time weekly to get outdoors by myself. Um, so we all, you know, we all have these constraints to work within. And I'm not suggesting that if your life is hard right now, you know, all you need is a new routine or just meditate more. But I do want to empower you to implement the routines that you know you need, that you know would be helpful to you. You know, I would ask you, how do you really want to spend your time this season? Who do you want to be around? How do you want to feel? And what are you ready to try or change in order to give those things to yourself? For you, that might mean a new schedule. It could mean clearing out your house or reorganizing, trying some new foods, um, signing up for a new class, changing your morning and nighttime routines, anything. It's really just about embodying the refreshing kind of transitional energy, this sort of back to school energy that's available this time of year. And many of us in the working world who are outside of the school system kind of forget that, I think, because we are also so divorced from the seasons and the natural cycles. We buy into this belief that there is no rhythm to the year, truly, that we just work and work and work. We might get like a you know, dumb little one-week <laughs> vacation here and there thrown in, but it doesn't have to be that way. You are part of the natural world. You are impacted by the cycles of the moon. You're impacted by the seasons and you deserve to connect with those cycles if they make sense to you. So this late summer and transition into fall, you get to decide what this season, what this time of year means to you, what's valuable this time of year, how you want to embody what's happening in the natural world for you in your life. Um, for me, and what I encourage you to consider, it's an excellent time to get your house in order, to really enable yourself to live inside the routines and the habits that will help you stay healthy and sane within this like very overwhelming world that we live in. But you deserve more than to be overwhelmed. You deserve to have the spaciousness that you need in your life to understand what is ready to harvest and to do the work of harvest and to enjoy the season and enjoy um, eventually the transition into winter. 
And I know that new habits are hard to create. There is this kind of help this time of year, I think, in terms of the energy and the transition. We feel the cooler mornings. We feel the, you know, later, um, later sunrise and the earlier sunset. We know that something is changing and happening, but that doesn't mean it's easy to do the next thing or to make change or to do, try something new. So I would encourage you to start really, really small. You know, for me, it, it wasn't a huge deal to wake up 45 minutes earlier to get that quiet alone time before the day started. I felt like that was, you know, a good enough and helpful enough place to start. So you have to build it in wherever you are. It can be, it doesn't have to be a complete overhaul of your life and routines right now. But I do encourage you to look very closely at what's working and not working for you right now in terms of how you live your life and to look at what is grabbing your attention and what's not getting your loving devotion and to then, you know, create routines that give you that spaciousness. Um, I think for me, when I'm changing new habits, it is always helpful to think of it as a spiritual practice. So, you know, if I think of doing yoga just to get exercise or to move my body, that's not really <laughs> that, that's not inherently valuable to me. So then I often just won't do it. But if I think of yoga as more than just moving my body, that it's actually like energetically creating movement in my life, healthy movement um, in not only my physical body, but in every area of my life, then it becomes more meaningful. It becomes sacred to me. And that doesn't mean that I do it perfectly or, you know, as much as I maybe would like to, um, but it does help ensure that it is more likely to happen. So, you know, for you, Maybe that's um, clearing out an area of your home and um, imagining that you're not only reorganizing clutter, just like visually and physically, but there's this also sort of internal and spiritual rearrangement happening. Um, or if you want to make more healthy food, imagining that you're not only, you know, making a really rich, beautiful butternut squash soup for your body, but it's also an intentional act of self-care, which feeds you spiritually and can feed others, your loved ones that you share that with spiritually. So um, that's one way that I help myself make change and kind of embrace the wisdom of Virgo, which is about our material lives, but also our spiritual lives and trusting and remembering that those aren't two different things. Um, so I encourage you to be wise this time of year and be intentional, but also to be sweet and patient with yourself because change is hard and the brain doesn't want to do it. So um, it takes a higher, more conscious part of ourselves to implement that in our lives. And we can start very, very small. So I hope that between now and the autumnal equinox on September 23rd, you do take some time to visit your routines, your structures, and see what's working or not working for you, and then to redesign them in a way that allows you to tend to what's valuable, to create the spaciousness that you need, um, to carve out room for your life, in your life, for what truly matters to you, whether capitalism or the structures we're in deem it valuable work or not. Um, I'm much more interested in the capital W work that you do, the, the deep healing work, the work you do to be a better person, to um, be well, to care for our climate, to care for those around you. Um, that 
is incredibly valuable. And I hope that aligns with what you get paid to do. And sometimes it doesn't, and that's okay too. So with that, I'll just say that in closing, I I know that if we can really be intentional this time of year and blend the spiritual and the practical in our lives and support ourselves in reconnecting our sort of earthy and ethereal roots, we will set ourselves up for a really spectacular fall and winter. We can make our day-to-day work a spiritual practice and by doing so, give ourselves renewed energy and focus. And I wish that for each of you this season. If this episode felt helpful and you'd like a guide to Virgo season, I encourage you to check out the free mini Virgo workbook we have up at wildnewwork.com slash shop. Um, And I hope you'll consider joining us for our our autumn course, Begin Again, which starts on September 30th. So thank you so much for being here with me. As always, I will be back with another episode for the Equinox, which is um, one of the most exciting and important thresholds we cross each year. And I'm excited to celebrate that with you. So take good care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.